Hello everybody, it's time for podcast number three. And as promised today, I'm going to be talking about self-esteem, value, worth, identity. Now I know everyone has a different idea about what self-esteem is. As a matter of fact, most people resist the idea that I have quote-unquote poor or low self-esteem. And when I talk with people, I usually say I don't really worry about the word self-esteem. I don't worry about whether you have good or bad self-esteem, quote-unquote, What I'm more concerned about is where does your self-esteem come from? And to me, I like to use words like value, significance, identity, worth. Because where you get your identity from, where you get your value from, where you get your worth from, that's a very important thing. Whether or not it's good or bad, whole different question. How you get it and where you get it from, that's the important question. So today... We'll be looking into that and talking about that here for the next 15 to 20 minutes. So I hope you hang with me and I hope you learn something new. And maybe if you don't learn anything new, you learn something about yourself today and gives you pa- it gives you pause to think, gives you pause to wonder about where do I get my value and worth from? Because it's a very important topic. So first, let me start off there. Why is self-esteem such an important topic? Because where you get your value and worth from is really going to dictate how you view the world, how you interact with the world and your interpretations and your perceptions of the world. So it's a very important thing that you make sure that we make sure we're getting our value and worth from the most appropriate best sources and best places. And we really are thinking about and looking at and being attentive to our thoughts. So here's where I start because it's so important. There's three places I say that people get their value or worth from three main sources. And the first one is other people's opinion. What I mean by this is we all walk around sometimes and we look at everybody around us and we think in our head, how do I make you happy and you happy and you happy? What do I need to make you happy? And do you like me? 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 And am I doing everything for you okay? And am I doing all right everything for you okay? And so we value other people's opinions. We want to make sure somehow that we're making sure everyone in our life is happy. That we've done everything we can to make sure we please everyone we can and nobody is pissed off at us. The second place we get our value and worth from is how successful are we? Success comes in a lot of different forms for people. Success comes from, yeah, if I have a million dollars or a successful business or I'm the CEO of a company or I drive the right car or I have the right house. But success also means, hey, am I a good enough student? Did I make a good enough grade? Um, Did I do good enough today? Did I work out today? Did I eat right today? Did I fill in the blank? Whatever you term success is for you today, did I do that well today? Did I react in the right way? Did I show love? Did I, whatever success is for you, that's what it is. And so we all want to go around and make sure we don't make mistakes, that we do everything right and well and perfect if we can. The third place we get our self-esteem or our quote-unquote value and our worth and our identity from is the roles we play. Now what I mean by that is we all play different roles every day. For instance, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle, I'm a therapist, I'm a counselor, I'm a minister. Play tons of roles every day. And people always want to make sure they're doing the best at those roles they can. So what a lot of people say is, I hope I'm a good parent, I hope I'm a good worker, I hope I'm a good husband, I'm a good wife, I'm a good son or daughter, I'm a good student. Those are roles we play. 
And everybody on the earth at some level in one of these three ways or all of these three ways or a couple of these three ways is trying to go around making sure they have measuring themselves and saying, if I can live up to whatever standard this is, your opinion, my success in my head or the roles that I'm supposed to be playing and how I can measure myself against somebody else, then, then and only then will I have value and worth and my identity will be solid. There's a problem with this though. That in all three of those ways of thinking, those ways of interacting with the world, those ways of being, they don't work because they're all false. They're all fallacies. So let's take number one again. To make everyone happy. To to make sure you everybody has a good opinion of you and everybody says, yes, you're doing great and am I making you happy and you happy. The reality about this is that no matter what you do and how you do it, even if you're the most perfect person on the earth, somebody's going to look back at you and say... Yeah, I don't like you for whatever reason that is. And you could be the most perfect person. I heard it put this way once. I read it in a book and I cannot remember what book I read it in, but it's kind of a, a silly example. But he wrote, imagine that you're a peach and you're the most perfect, juiciest, ripest, best tasting peach ever grown. And the experts agree, this is the best peach ever. Guess what? There are still people out there who don't like peaches. And they don't like the taste, they don't like the skin, they don't like the bitterness of them, they don't like whatever about a peach. And even though you're the most perfect peach there is, they're still going to look back at that peach and say, no thank you, I do not want a bite. And the same for us. We can be the most perfect person we can be, in the most perfect way we can be, and still there's somebody out there who's going to say, yeah, I don't like you. Yeah, I don't want to be friends. Yeah, this isn't working for me. And we have to remember that. Because we will never please everyone. And so to live with the idea that I've got to make everybody happy, I kind of make sure everybody likes me on Facebook and at work and at school and everywhere else, it it changes your perception of the world. It makes you strive harder for things that are impossible to strive for, to to meet the demands of other people. There's just no way you're going to meet those demands. So it changes your perception of the world and how you interact, and it makes you worried and anxious and overly anxious. It's a horrible, terrible way to live. I've tried it before, let me tell you. I still try it some days now. I want to make sure everybody's happy and okay, and if they are, then I'll be all right, right? And the reality is there's no way. I'm trying to control things I can't control, which brings back my anxiety. So if you want to know more about your anxiety, listen to the second podcast in the series, and you'll know how to get some skills and tools about controlling your anxiety. The second fallacy, or the second one, I have to be successful, that's a fallacy too, because the reality is we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I will not be perfect today. I will mess something up. I will do something wrong. I will make a mistake. And we will feel guilty. And guilt is fine. Guilt means I can raise my hand and I can say, yep, that's me. I made that mistake. That was my fault. I could have done that better. I raise my hand and say, yep, my mistake. Could have done something different. Made a mistake there. Everybody does that. The problem with this when we think we have to be successful is we turn guilt into shame. What is shame? Shame is a whole different animal. See, guilt means I made a mistake. Shame says I am a mistake. Shame says, what's wrong with me? If I was just a better person, I wouldn't have made that mistake. What's wrong with me that I did that? How come I did that? Why did I do that? What's wrong with me? So shame says somehow there's something wrong with me. And guess what? Most people turn their mistakes into shame. And it colors their worldview. It colors how they interact with the world. It colors their perceptions of other people. 
and whether people think they're ju- being judged or not and whether they think people like them or not and hey I didn't do a job now you hate me right because I made a mistake and most people would say no you made a mistake we all make mistakes I don't hate you as a person your value and worth didn't change because of that you made a mistake but most of us when we make mistakes we let our value and our worth and our identity be defined by that if I was a better person I would not make a mistake there's something wrong with me and thirdly the roles we play to me, that's a very simple one. Your roles are always changing. You know, I'm a parent right now. My son's in sixth grade. And in the next 10 years, somewhere in that range, hopefully, he's going to be off and going to college and working or doing what he's got to do. And I'm not going to be a parent every single day like I am now. I'll still be a parent, but I'm not going to be playing that role. I'm not going to have to get him up for school and get his lunch and make sure he's got his clothes and make sure I wash him and, and coach him in baseball and make sure he's doing his homework and make sure he gets to bed on time and he's eating right and take him to the doctor and I'm, that stuff will be gone. My role will change. And this is where people are left when they so much put their identity and their value in a role they're playing. When that role ends, they are left wanting. They're left saying to themselves, well, who am I now? <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing now? It's what we call emptiness syndrome or it's the person who works 15 or 20 years at a job and after that job's over they get laid off or they get fired or they get downsized they leave that job and go oh I put all my value and worth and identity into that job and now I don't have it now what who am I because I thought I was the job the parent the student roles are always changing always and if I put my value and worth in that, I'm going to be sorely disappointed. And again, it affects my worldview because I put all my identity into this one thing or two things. I have to be successful. I have to make sure you're happy. I have to make sure I play all the roles right. And we will always be disappointed by those things. What we have to remember is that you have value and worth just because you are. You know, I love Abraham Maslow. If you ever want to look it up, most of you may know it already. Um, there's a his thing is called Abraham Maslow's or Maslow's hierarchy of needs and his hierarchy of needs what he says basically is it's a triangle at the bottom of the triangle he says you have to meet these needs first before you can get up to what at the top of the triangle is what he calls self-actualization self-actualization is somebody who no longer worries about what other people think or their successes or the roles they play they understand that they have identity and value and worth because they are and they have that value and that worth. So the first running of the triangle is your physical needs. You know, I tell people if I am hungry and I'm a starving child somewhere and I haven't eaten in three days or had water in four days, I don't really care what you think about me or if I'm successful. The only thing I'm worried about right now is where my next meal's coming from. And you can hate me, you can like me, you can, I don't care. Now, most of us sitting here listening to this podcast because you're listening to a podcast, you'll probably eat more than once today you'll probably eat three or four or five times or overeat you'll probably have plenty to drink and more than just water you have four different kinds of soda and sweet tea but we get that need met without even thinking about it so the second need after you get that need met is your safety and security needs so i like to say to people if i am i don't know living in the middle east right now maybe or if there's a tornado outside and you're trying to listen to this podcast, you're not really worried about what I'm talking about, and you don't care what other people think, and you don't care what's going on, because all you're worried about right now is, am I safe? Am I okay? Is somebody going to hurt me? And most of us here in America, we're safe. We're going to live behind locked doors tonight. We're going to have air conditioning when it's 90 degrees outside. Um, 
we're going to call the police if we need them. We're going to have neighbors who help us out. We're going to have family and friends keep us safe. We're going to be okay. So we get that need met pretty easily. So that leads to the next two, two rungs in this triangle, and that is our self-esteem, our ego needs. And this is where Maslow says we all get stuck. We all get stuck trying to meet these needs and make them better and, and make our value and worth out of all the three things I just talked about. And he says what he calls them is we come to this place and he calls it we find conditions of worth. Now, what I love about this, if you compare it to what Jesus said about worth and value, Abraham Maslow says the same thing. You see, Jesus says, hey, unless you come to me with faith as a child, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. Now, how do child children have faith? I mean, think about a little kid that's three, four, or five years old. Think about that. Do they worry about anything when they get up in the morning? I know my son, when he was three, four, five, you know, he'd wear clothes didn't match. He didn't meet the store with us. He didn't care if his hair was fixed. He didn't care what he was saying or doing. All he was worried about was getting up and having fun and playing, and he didn't care what anybody thought, anybody said. wasn't even worried about what he looked like, what people said about him. He just went about his business, and he completely trusted that he was going to be taken care of, that he was going to eat that day, he was going to have fun that day. His only goal of that day was to live its moment to its fullest. And Jesus says, unless you live like that, you can't see the kingdom of heaven. Here, now, right now, you'll be full of worry and dread and all those kind of things. Now, what Maslow says is the same thing. Hey, we come up and we're kids and we don't worry about conditions of worth. There are no conditions to meet to feel worthwhile. We learn them as we grow up. We learn that we have to value people's opinion. We learn that we must be successful. We learn that I got to play my role really well here. You say, Clint, how do you learn that? And I say really easily, think about it. Little kids, they don't care about those things. But as they grow up, you get into, I don't know, kindergarten, first grade, you know, and you start seeing that you get red marks on your paper. You start telling yourself, oh, there's a condition I must meet here to feel valuable and worthwhile. I've got to make A's. You get picked last for the kickball team and you're on recess. Oh, there's a condition I have to meet here. I have to be more athletic. There's a condition I have to meet here. I have to look skinny. I have to look a certain way. I have to wear certain clothes. I have to have the right job. I have to have enough money. I have to live in the right place. We start having all these conditions we must meet. Hey, I must do this to make mom and dad happy. Hey, when I do this and I say I feel sad or angry, mom and dad get disappointed in me. Ooh, I can't say that anymore. There's a condition I must meet. And on and on and on I can go with all kinds of conditions we must meet to feel valuable. And Maslow says, we can't do that. We have to learn our value is just because we are. And he calls these people self-actualized people. That they recognize and realize it doesn't matter what people think about you. It doesn't matter what, because you can't make everybody happy. You can be the most perfect person in the world and not everyone's going to love you. That yes, I make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes and I don't have to feel shameful about it. And yeah, my roles will change and I will find a new role and I can be happy in a new role and my value and worth and identity doesn't have to come from something else. Now what I like to tell people is, you know, my role as a therapist and I like to help people and do that. I can sell hot dogs on the street corner and still help people and feel valuable doing that. So Maslow says, this is a self-actualized person. And most of us say, oh, I really don't care what people think. And I don't care what people think about me. I'm a self-actualized. And reality is, no, we all struggle with this. If you're really honest with yourself, you struggle with it. And here's how I know. The story goes that Maslow in his classes after he would teach self-actualization and his hierarchy of needs would say, so somebody who self-actualized walks into a party and the party is a black tie affair with tuxes and like glamorous dresses and everybody's dressed to the to the nines. And the self-actualized person walks over there in his t-shirt, his jeans, and his flip-flops. 
What's that self-actualized person thinking? I'll give you a minute. Think about it for a second. Yeah. I think his students, they gave the same answers. Oh, they wouldn't think about that. They wouldn't worry about that. They were dressed differently. They would tell themselves, hey, it doesn't matter if people are dressed differently. I know I have value and worth. I know I have my own identity. It doesn't matter if I look like everybody else. And he would say, you're all wrong. The self-actualized person doesn't even notice. There's a difference. Like it never comes in their head anymore that there's differences here. They don't recognize differences anymore because their value and worth doesn't come from those differences and they just see people and they just know they have value and worth intrinsically. Now I did this in psychology class once and I had students look back at me and say, that's really hard. And I said, yeah, this is why Maslow would say not very many people get there. He would say that only the most spiritual among us, Jesus, Buddha, got there, learned about this kind of way. And that's what Jesus was teaching, I think, when he said, hey, look, you got to have faith like a child because if you want to have heaven here, it's in you, it's around you, it's above you, it's below you. You have to learn how not to be anxious and find your value and worth not in the conditions that you think you have to meet and you've been taught, but just in the simple fact that you are and you get up and you get to live your moments, live your life and have fun and believe you're going to be taken care of and know that and just enjoy the experience. And enjoying that experience means, yeah, we get sad and mad and angry and things happen that we don't like. And what I talked about in the last podcast, we get anxious and worried and scared and we have to catch ourselves in that and practice those skills. But for today, I want you to learn how to catch yourself. Hey, when an event happens, your boss looks at you crossways, your kids don't do what they, you think they need to do. You make a mistake at work. You make a mistake being a student. Somebody says something bad about you. Your role shifts and change and you lose your job. That event happens. Look at what you're thinking. Are you thinking, hey, this always happens to me. I never do it right. Hey, these things, people are never going to love me. Oh, they're just a jerk. Oh, what are you telling yourself? Because my bet is that that is telling you your value and worth shifted somehow. That if I could just get this person to like me, if that event would just would happen better. If this would have just been different, then I wouldn't have to feel this way. And the reality is, is why the Bible is full of, as you think, so are you. And Philippians 4.8 talks about, think on things that are good, lovely, pure, holy. The good, not the bad. Then you'll be working to God's harmony. Catch yourself trying to fulfill conditions of worth. Remember today that you're a child and have fun with it. Now, I'm going to talk more about this in an upcoming podcast. We're going to keep expounding on these things. A couple of things I want you to do. Please, please, if you enjoy the podcast, please share it. Share it on your social media. Share it with somebody word of mouth. You can get it on iTunes. Hey, I've also written a devotional book that's full of a lot of these ideas I'm going to go through in my podcast. If you go to Amazon.com, you type in the name Clint Payne, my book will come up. It's called Becoming a Person of Grace. Becoming a person that's full of grace, love, and compassion. How to do that. How to really live out the principles of a spiritual, emotional, psychological, healthy life. I hope and I pray that you would do that. Please leave me some comments so I know how this is going for you guys. If it's helpful. If it's something that's working for you. Just love to speak to you this way. Hopefully soon I'll have some conferences and things coming up. And uh, you'll hear about those. Uh, but get my devotional book. Go to my website, clintpain.net. You can find out more information about me there. You can connect with me on Facebook. You can connect with me on YouTube. You can connect with me on Twitter. 
um, in all those kinds of ways. I'd love to connect with you and speak with you and get to know you more. Have a great and wonderful week. Namaste.